Hello, welcome to Her Wild Side Hockey Podcast. I am your hostess, Mickey, aka Hockey She Wrote. And here we are. Um, the Wild are officially on their all-star break, although there is one more NHL game tonight, but the rest of the teams are on their NHL all-star break. Um, let's see, how many? Thir- 32, and then they have how many extra? So there's like 40 that are headed to very probably cold Toronto, Canada, and all of the rest of the players are most likely headed somewhere warm. So sorry to all the all-stars. So uh, I'm not going to really discuss the two games that the Wild played before this break because I'm grumpy with them. I'm very grumpy. (laughs) I'm not angry because that would feel like being angry at your babies. And I, I guess I do get angry at my children, but I'm just more grumpy and upset, right? I'm frustrated. <laughs> but I am going to talk a little bit about Hockey Day Minnesota first. So last Saturday, I know um, some of you are probably from Minnesota and maybe watched all the games. But for those of you that are not from Minnesota, Hockey Day Minnesota is basically like a holiday. So like on Bali Sports, they were talking about how they have 18 hours of hockey coverage. Um, And even in other places. So um, my hometown, we would have a full day of games. It would start in the morning with, you know, uh, mini mites, mites. You'd have peewee, bantam. I mean, you go all the way up. You would have the girls high school, like the JV and varsity, boys JV and varsity and junior gold, which is kind of like the outside um, teenage team. I don't, you know, Um, for those that couldn't, couldn't make or or wouldn't make the high school team. They played on junior gold. They would also play everybody. You would go. And I remember as like a teenager going to the arena at like eight in the morning and just basically living there all day. (laughs) Um, By that point, I was a hockey cheerleader. And so I did have something to do later on in the day during those games. But otherwise, we just all sat and watched. Um, And it is like a holiday. I love that they pick different towns to host it every single time because it's fun to see the different communities turn out. So this one was in War Road, which is uh, way up north. And their kind of uh, headline game for the high school game that plays right before the wild start was Rozo versus War Road, which is that has been a rivalry for decades. They're only 20 minutes apart. And they have played each other and for decades. And any like they've had NHL, um, Olympic, college hockey players come out of there like consistently. Um, it was really fun to watch them dive into kind of the hockey history of that. So that's one of the things I always like about uh, Hockey Day Minnesota is finding out more about these towns and just how hockey developed within the town. And Hockey Day Minnesota is a really good way to show why Minnesota is the state of hockey. I know there are other people who don't understand why we call Minnesota the state of hockey. And it doesn't, that doesn't have to do with how many Stanley Cups your professional team has won. And um, that kind of, it doesn't have to do with trophies. What it has to do with is people turning out in support of teams that are not professional teams. So that's here at Hockey Day Minnesota. They showed the crowd that looked like everybody from Roseau and War Road had turned out, like every single person that lived there. The stands were full, absolutely packed full. And it was not as cold as it has been, but it was cold. 
And there have been hockey day pass that are, have been below freezing and it still packs the whole stadium. And then you go to uh, high school hockey, the state hockey tournament, which is not until March. And I will obviously be talking more about that once it's coming on, but for the, for the first place, like the championship games, the Excel center is literally full as in the same attendance that a wild game gets for high school hockey. And that is why we are the state of hockey, because at all levels, we support our local teams. And just the fact that it plays such a big role in Minnesota culture. Um, I feel like for the most part, if you were born and raised in Minnesota, you might not know a ton about hockey, but I mean, you probably know more than people in other places. But I'm going to get back to this Hockey Day Minnesota. And I talked about this, so I'm going to say uh, I did a, a guest host spot on Over the Glass podcast, and I will for sure let you know when that episode is coming out because I had so much fun talking with them. Uh, I think just because I do a podcast by myself that whenever I get on a podcast with more people, I am just like, chatty Kathy. So, um, I did talk about this there also, but I just wanted to touch on it here, which is the land up where Roseau and war road are the towns are now that used to be land kind of, that was between two indigenous tribes and like the Ojibwe and the Sioux and that space between, they called it the warring road. And so when white people moved in, they were like, Hey, that's kind of a cool name. We're going to keep that war road. And they have always kept a very, um, like a very thick tie to the indigenous culture and the tribes that are still around the war road area today. And so the jerseys that they had were to help, um, to show those ties. So it said war road warriors, but it was written in Ojibwe. And they started the whole day off with a drum circle on the ice. And it was, one of, again, one of those things that it's such a strong thing in their community. And I love that they kind of centered Hockey Day Minnesota around it. And I should be clear, the jer those jerseys were for the boys hockey team, the War Road boys hockey team. Um, the girls also had specialty jerseys. Uh, they played the like the night before. And they, they had completely different jerseys that were also still, um, I'm trying to remember it, they still had like an, an indigenous theme, indigenous theme. Uh, and again, so I just, I like that they did that. I believe next year is Shakopee. So I am interested to see what they do. And then they announced that the next year's Hastings, I would love for them to go more down South. I lived in Southern Minnesota. That's where I was raised. And that's where my mom was raised. And I would love to see them go down more in that area. I'm not sure I should give you like my exact hometown, but um, it's Southern Minnesota, just, you know, a couple miles from the Iowa border. So like I said, I am upset with the wild, but I feel like most of these fans, if you're like me, you're like, <laughs> we're like not having a good time this season, but I'm already like, okay. When is the next game? Because I don't know how long I can live without this. 
And one thing that we thankfully have now is the PWHL. So, and let me tell you guys, they have been playing some exciting games, very close games. Minnesota just won yesterday in overtime. And then just a couple days ago, the PWHL announced their first suspension. Things are getting heated. So make sure that you pick a team or don't watch them all (laughs) and watch because that could hopefully be a way to uh, fill this break with NHL hockey. And I know they stream all the games on YouTube. And as is par for the course for me, I did not look it up before hopping on this live microphone. But I kind of assume that they would have the replays of the games available. And I hope they do know that I've said that because otherwise I look like a giant idiot. <laughs> um, so obviously, like I said before, everyone's headed off on their vacations. I somehow mistimed my vacation because I am taking that next week. I didn't really have all-star break in my mind when I decided on my vacation dates and they were set a long time ago. But from what I have seen on social media, Looks like Dewey 1 is in Turks and Caicos, which is, I kind of wonder um, if Dewey 2 is perhaps there also, unless whatever injury he has is precluding him from vacation. Uh, There was just a really cute picture of Rodin and Eck in Costa Rica, like standing on this little bridge in a jungle. Um, I don't know this, but I would assume that Felino is probably staying home. I know his wife is due with a baby soon like in the next few weeks. And as I have always said, babies come when they want to come. And uh, a due date is literally just a guess. Like you could just throw a dart at a calendar and that's your due date. And the baby comes whenever they want. Like my first was two days late and my second was six days early. You just come when they come. And then I did see that uh, Kirill Kaprizov, like we know, he has to go up. He's in going to be in Toronto for the all-star games, but he and Stesha are somewhere skiing right now. And Stesha had a really cute story about how she has like never skied before. And she just wants to try and stand up. And I, I just think she's adorable. I really do. Now, my next topic that I'm moving into is something that I've put in the middle on purpose. And I, I just want to say, I'm going to say it's about hockey Canada, but I am not talking about anything specific. So this is not something that's going to need any kind of um, like content warning. I just, I'm going to kind of go with a brief overview because when I was on uh, recording with Over the Glass yesterday, we just had a really good conversation and it, it just brought up a couple points that I wanted to really emphasize because I feel like you cannot say it enough. Okay, so stick with me. The first point is that all of, the misconduct in general in hockey needs to be tamped down starting at the lowest possible levels. I am a parent of a mini mite and I have made kind of a promise to myself that if I see any kind of misconduct or if I hear of any kind of misconduct that I will do something about it because I will not allow my son or the people around him to be part of this this problem. And the other thing is just as fans in general, we need to, oh, my video's gone blurry. Um, We need to keep talking on social media. 
and we need to keep pointing things out and we need to keep loud about it because the reason that they restarted this investigation, you know, another year, five years after it happened, another year after they closed it is because people didn't shut up about it. If there is something happening like this, as a fan, you can do something. You can keep sharing on social media and keep talking on social media and with friends and other fans about these things that need to change. Because the more that people talk about it, the more that the NHL and the teams in general are going to realize that they need to do something about it. And I'm going to pause it here because for some reason, like, I know a lot of you probably watch, like, listen to the audio feed, but all of a sudden my face has gone blurry on the video feed and I don't know what I'm doing. And so I'm going to pause. I'm going to have my husband come help me and then I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. I am back. Uh, I walked upstairs, had my husband come down and look. And by the time we came back, it was clear. So, which is kind of the, always the thing that happens, you know, something breaks. And by the time you have a professional or someone who knows how, what they're doing, come look at it. It's fine. Let's move on. I've said what I want to say about Hockey Canada. We're moving on. So a couple of things that we have found in the last couple of days about new and prospective wild players. First of all, one of our prospects that the wild picked up in the draft last summer. So the 2023 draft, I always have to stop and think what year it is. Um, Riley Height has had six points in his last three games. And he has been on this scoring streak the whole season. And then they announced the last game that he played in. He has now passed over and he has the most points in Prince George Cougars franchise history. The future is bright, my friends. I know everyone worries and what are we going to do? But I, we do have to also look to the future. I know things right now are not super bright. But we need to look to the future also because we have all of these really great players coming down the pipeline. So keep that in mind. There have also been two uh, player pickups. So one was a trade where Minnesota traded a player from, I mean, uh, he's been playing in the ECHL, um, traded him for Will Butcher. And then they picked up just today Declan Chisholm, who was put on waivers by the Winnipeg Jets. So what Bill Guerin is trying to do, obviously, is beef up the blue line. And it makes sense, right? Jared Spurgeon is out for the rest of the season. We know that. Poor Faber has been playing, you know, 25, 30 minutes a night, and it is not sustainable. He is starting to fatigue a bit. And, you know, I don't think he would necessarily admit that. He'll, I think he, you know, he admits that he makes mistakes. I don't think he would admit that it's getting to be a lot. But one thing, I, neither of these guys seems to be kind of the oversized defenseman that Bill Guerin's really looking for, uh, because he seems to be looking more for another Middleton, which, yes, please, because Middleton is delightful. But each of these guys, Bill Butcher played quite a few games in the NHL before he went down to the AHL. So he does have that NHL experience. Um, he brings that in. And obviously, uh, they said he's starting down in Iowa, but he is another defenseman that they can pull up if needed. Because 
we're getting to this point where, you know, earlier in the season, we Brodeen was out, Spurgeon was out, Goligoski and Merrill were just not really cutting it. And the wild, the Minnesota wild were depleting the Iowa wild who was depleting the Iowa heartlanders who were signing anybody they possibly could. So this way is just another way to beef up the blue line here and in Iowa, because the problem is when you pull up all of, so like Dakota Mermans is still here, which is great because I think he has really had a, a good season here. When you have all of those players up here, then all of the other blue line prospects who are young and new and need some guidance from a veteran player, they don't have that veteran presence. So for now, Butcher can kind of bring that presence to the Iowa Wild team, which is going to be really beneficial for them. Now, Declan Chisholm has been given the number 47, which I am assuming means that he starts in Minnesota. And he has only played four games in the NHL. He played two games this season and then two games two seasons ago. I did a little reading and a little research, and it looks like he has a lot of potential but the Winnipeg organization has not really given him a lot of chances to show what he what he can do in the NHL at the NHL level. Uh, in the AHL level, he is doing really like really good. He um, he put up like a little bit less than a point a game. Like he is a, an offensive playmaker. He doesn't score a lot of goals, but he is really good at setting up plays and you know racking up assists. Uh, apparently he is very good at making a pass to break out of the zone, which is something that we are needing because when Robin, when Robin, when Brodeen was gone, that was part of what we were missing and Spurgeon being gone. And, um, so I am looking forward to see what he can do. Um, he, I, I don't remember how old Butcher is. I think he was a little bit older. Uh, and Chisholm, I believe was 24. So he's not super young. Uh, but he's also doesn't have a ton of experience. You know, he's kind of that, that middle ground. Now I'm wondering what, how are they going to structure that? Uh, and obviously that's just about the, the third pairing because we know the top four. We know that whatever, even whatever combination is going to be Brodeen, Faber, Middleton, Bogosian. Because actually I feel like, um, well, you know what, backtrack that because for a while, they also had Mermis beside Middleton, and I actually thought that was working well. So I guess scratch that. I will say we know three that are not going to move. Middleton, Rodine, and Faber. So uh, Damon Hunt was sent back down to the AHL. So he's not here right now. But we've also got Goligoski, Merrill, and Mermis alongside now Chisholm. So then the question is, again, what do you do with that? Now, I did read that apparently I wasn't able to find stats on it because you guys know my contentious relationship with stats. And I do try sometimes, but I get frustrated. So um, I was reading in his scouting reports, though, that Chisholm uh, could possibly put up points on a power play. And I'm assuming that they wouldn't say that unless he has played the power play. I don't know that because I am not a scout and I am not a statistician. So that begs the question, 
would he be able to take over the quarterback of the second power play unit from Goligoski? Because while Goligoski, you know, I, I think he's been doing okay on the power play. I haven't noticed him on the power play, which is, I guess, a good thing. Um, but there are other places in the game he's just struggling. He's just, he's losing a step, you know? So that will be kind of an interesting area to watch. And I know, and, and Merrill, it, it, it gets hard for me to say because I really like Merrill as a person. I really do. And actually I really liked him, um, when he first came in and even last year at the beginning of the year, uh, but his play has really slipped and I don't know why. And I also I, I didn't look at his uh, contract, but I don't think they can trade him. And even if they assign him to the AHL, I think he might potentially be on a one-way deal. So it's still the same money at the salary cap. Now, I know we do have money to play with, you know, so it's not as much of an issue as it was before because Spurgeon is going to be on long-term injured reserve for the rest of the year. So uh, those are kind of our new, so we have those two new additions and then we have our prospects. We've also got plenty of other prospects, other places. They look very promising. I'm sure you see all of the different posts. Sorry, if you're watching me or you can hear weird sounds, I'm like trying to adjust my chair. <laughs> um, but I'm going to move on to something that needs to stop being said by wild fans, because it's not just said about prospects. It's said about everyone and I am really tired of it. So here, so here's what I need you to stop doing. I need you, wild fans, to stop using the word bust because I think a lot of you don't know what it means. And I'll admit sometimes it might be people making a joke, but I feel like in this fan base, it's not. Because uh, when Karol Kaprizov was not scoring coming back from injury, I was seeing people call him a bust. I don't know if you realize, but he is now fourth in franchise history with number of goals. And he is definitely going to get to first place over the next few seasons. I also saw after the last game, someone called Gustafson a bust. You guys, he's just having a hard time. Like it was a hard game. You cannot say a person is a bust because of like one, even two hard games. Because here's the thing you have to, to really make a judgment about a player and how they are doing. You need a large a large look at a large chunk of data. And that is something, I mean, okay, so Kaprizov doesn't score a goal or only scores like a, a tap-in goal for seven games. But he's still putting up points. And despite missing a number of games with injury, is still somehow at a point-per-game player. And Gustafson, you know, he's just, he's just been battling stuff. He's been injured. Uh, he was sick kind of between the last two games before all-star break. I heard that he was sick and, you know, he may have still been feeling the after effects of that on Saturday. And I got really tired of people calling Rossi a bust because I would love to go to make like a highlight reel of Rossi this year so far, find a time machine go back in it and show everybody who's calling him a bust exactly what they can expect. 
Because again, they're taking a very small body of work and judging his entire rest of his career on it. And it's just, (sighs) please stop calling players a bust because it does not mean what you think it means. Now, talking about goalies like Gus, I had a question the other day. And I'm trying to, oh, I was watching, that was during the Hockey Day Minnesota high school game that I was watching. Um, one of the teams, again, I'm not, I was watching, but I wasn't like taking notes like I do with wild games. <laughs> um, I just, I listened to myself say that and it just sounds so like obsessive. But guys, it's because I write about them, okay? And I want to bring you the best news. Anyway. I had this question because they switched out the goalie at least once, if not twice. So I like put my little thinking cap on and I was like, well, can you, if you pull a goalie and I I mean, pull a goalie because they're maybe not playing well. I don't mean like pulling them because of injury or illness. And I don't mean pulling them uh, for an extra attacker or, you know, that kind of thing. Not that just pulling them because they're not playing well. And you put your other goalie in. My question was, can you later pull the second goalie back out and put the first one back in? I don't really, that would have to be a really wild game to, a wild game, uh, to necessitate that. But from what I am reading, you can absolutely do that. There are rules about when, meaning like, you have to, it has to be the end of a play, you know, like the goalie, they can't just switch in the middle of a play, which is kind of like, obviously, but apparently not. So just so you know, as far as I've read, you could just switch goalies back and forth. As long as you're doing it at the right time of the game, you could do that. That would be a really terrible strategy, says someone who doesn't really know hockey strategy. Anyway, you're welcome for that. Now, future considerations in a bag of pucks, my miscellaneous uh, part of the show, because I have recorded for a while already. Uh, Brock Besser. Let's talk about Brock Besser, because Brock Besser is a wonderful human being, and I wish him all the best. I was really excited to see that last week, he finally got his first 30-goal season. and. He really deserves that. He had such a rough year last year, both on and off the ice. And, you know, there were some people that just would not really take into consideration the off ice stuff, which, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I had an argument with someone about this kind of a situation. I don't remember if it was exactly the Besser situation itself, But things off ice can absolutely affect you on ice. Things outside of your job are going to affect your performance at your job. And obviously, he's a professional athlete. And so they do have ways to try and help help themselves um, not get mired down in it. But they are also humans. So we need to remember that. You know, like they're not robots, except Faber, but he's not an emotional robot. He is simply a hockey robot. They are not emotional robots. 
you know, if their kid is sick, that's going to, you know, they're going to have that in the back of their mind. If a loved one has passed, that's going to be in the back of their mind. If a pet has passed, it's going to be in the back of their mind. And obviously they're going to do everything they can because they are professionals to kind of at least uh, push it back a little while they're on the ice. But if anyone else has gone through um, like a, just a very emotional time, you will know that uh, feelings, uh, grief, feelings, emotions, they come bubbling to the surface at completely random points and you cannot stop them. So to see Brock then move on to this season and play so well, just we need to support all Minnesotan Brocks. Brock Besser, Brock Nelson, Brock Faber, Minnesota Brocks in general. The, the three Minnesota hockey Brocks that I know seem like fabulous people. So uh, USA Hockey just announced that they are mandating neck protection starting next season. And I absolutely applaud them because I have had my son wear a neck protector since he started hockey last year. So this is his second season with it. Uh, and honestly, it doesn't really bother him. Um, his helmet bothers him. He always tells me that the the one thing he hates about hockey is wearing a helmet, which I'm like, well, sorry, dude. But I think a lot of people who were complaining about that are thinking about the neck protection that they used to have that was very thick and very cumbersome and very warm. And I'm sure that it's still warm. You know, it's still something around your neck. But the one that my son has is very thin. It's very thin, but it's still it's still going to protect him and it might not stop an injury, but it will make it a lot less severe. That is what we are going for. You know, it's, it's like a seatbelt. A seatbelt is not necessarily going to stop you from being injured, but it will stop you from flying through the windshield, which is obviously going to be a much bigger injury. So, uh, applause to them. And I just want to say, again, Meryl, I love him as a human. And if I need everyone to make sure that they saw the picture of his mullet from the game on Saturday against the Ducks, because his mullet, if that game was not satisfying, his mullet was top notch. It just, I applaud him. So um, wrapping up here, things I'm working on during the all-star break, mostly is the Minnesota Wild Lore Guide because I have been given permission to use the amazing family tree that uh, two of my friends made. And I will obviously be crediting them on the page. I have, I started working on it, but then I, you know, got like partway through and I was like, wait, I'm going to do this completely differently because that's how I do any kind of large project. But it is coming. And so I will probably record in a few days once I put out the initial part of it, because I think this is going to turn into like a many, a many part thing. So um, until then, you know, everybody is a beauty. You're all welcome in the Hot Girl Hockey Club. Everybody is welcome. Uh, because even if the NHL does not feel welcoming at all times, the fan base, we have areas of this fan base and, and every fan base that will welcome Anybody with open arms, anybody who is just here to have a good time and not be a bummer on anybody else. You're all welcome here. So please remember that. And 
please have a wonderful few days. Try to survive without hockey. Put out the good hockey vibes for PWHL as they continue to play. Although I know some of them are going to be at the All-Star game. So I guess we won't have that many. I actually didn't look at the schedule, you guys. But um, still, uh, I really want them to do so well at the at the All-Star game. Because I really enjoy when they kick the boys' butts. Sorry, boys. Okay, I need uh, I need to stop doing this. I get to the end and I just start rambling on. All right, so everybody, I will see you next time.